Hi, this is Stephen Tacey, and you're listening to our 100th podcast show on Where We Don't Art. I want to thank all the listeners out there for making this possible. Thank you so much, everyone. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us as we explore the world of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Welcome to Where We Talk Art. This is your host, Victor Gartner. And today, we are beginning the first of a trilogy of episodes that are related. Yes, during this month, we are going to release three episodes because we are celebrating our 100th episode. I think this is epic that we reached 100 episodes. And each one of them is interesting because we have all of these creative people who are artists that paint, artists that draw people that sculpt. We have a blacksmith. We have authors. We have movie directors. We have musicians. We have singers. It is a wide variety of people who are all creatives. And we bring them to you to give them a platform and for you to get to know who these people are. And this great idea of doing this was started by Dave Bice, who is a co-founder of this group, Partnership for the Arts Group. Now, this group does exactly what I said. They want to give people a, a platform. They wanted to support them to get their names out, to help organizations who needed materials for their arts programs. And they did all kinds of things. And Dave was part of a speaking circuit where, once again, he helped out the arts movement. And so we are going to meet some of the people that did their part of this podcast and we are going to meet a number of people who've had their part in helping to make this show. And one of them is Steve. Now you might think, oh, who's Steve? Well, you know his voice from episode to episode. He's the person who says, this is the Partnership for the Arts talk show, where we talk art. And <laughs> that's what he says during the music, the beginning music. And he does it unfailingly every episode, which is followed by Dave Bice's lovely wife, Mary, who has a great recording voice. And she and I talk to each other a bit. We take turns speaking as we introduce the episode. Then we have Dave himself, founder of this podcast through Zoom technology. Dave is with me as I'm speaking my microphone. He's speaking on his microphone. Dave was the host of the first 70 episodes. Imagine that, 70 episodes. And I took over at 71. Dave Bice, you are my friend. You are my mentor on doing this podcast. And you certainly get me out of technical jams. Dave, welcome to this special episode 100. To where we talk art. Hey, Victor, it's good to be back on the show. Of course, it's it's your show now, so it's good to be on your show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. 
Yes. Well, you know, we've we've done a lot of episodes over over this uh, last couple of years. You mm-hmm. up through number seventy, and then I, I took over from there. And, mm-hmm. and this is part one of episode one hundred. Yes, that's Our pretty 100. awesome. Congratulations there, Victor. And and while we're doing that, I'm just going to say thank you to everyone out there that participates in making this show possible. You're right. It is a celebration of all of us uh, for this 100th anniversary show, which who knew? <laughs> who knew? Absolutely. I, that was the farthest thing from my mind, thinking, well, 100 episodes. Wow, that's a lot. Well, I have to ask. How did Partnership for the Arts begin? Ah, okay. So Partnership for the Arts group began back in St. Louis, back way back in (laughs) in 94. And that came about from a group of people that I met when I was doing the lecture tour for a friend of mine as a favor to help raise money and support the arts in in the local area. I met up with him and a few others that felt the same way, saying, hey, we want to support this organization or that organization. And and whoever was around the table kind of threw their money out, and, and it went to that organization, and then we would speak and help raise money for it. And after doing that for so long, I had said, you know, we ought to coordinate this and consolidate this. And through the conversations... I sat down and wrote the charter and the mission statement for the partnership for the arts group. And (laughs) ta-da, here we are. That's how we got started. And again, for everybody that's listening that, that may not already know this, partnership for the arts group is an organization. It's not a business. It's a volunteer of people to get together to help the arts, including yourself, Victor, with doing it. So we wanted to make sure we raised money and the money went to the organization it was intended to. So we don't ever collect a penny. Right. Very, very good. Wow. You did a lot of work. Right. Yeah. Writing, the, you know, the, the, the strategic plan and the mission statement and all those kinds of things. Um, that can be a little tedious at times. So congratulations for doing that and not giving up and hanging in there. Yeah. And you, when you moved, to, to Alabama. Did you start a new chapter? What what happened? Well, you know, we started in St. Louis. That's where I'm originally from. Then the second one was in Illinois, and that came from people noticing us that we had met, and they wanted to open a chapter there and do the same thing. And then when I moved to Alabama, I started another chapter there. That was the third chapter, which was incredible because it really was a blessing. It, it it bloomed. It really took off. We got involved in boys and girls clubs and fundraising for the schools and art school supply drives. And that is really where the charter and the mission really took focus. And uh, members of the uh, PFTA joined in and I met Mary, got married, and we ended up moving to Florida and starting another chapter there. That's right. Well, I'm very curious um, about fundraising activities. We've partnership for the arts group, having done 
fundraising activities. And, and since I'm on a board of directors of a nonprofit, I always have my ears open about fundraising activities and, and what creative things you might have done or, or do you know, whatever you thought was fun and, and successful. I would like to hear about it if you, if you have anything in mind. Okay. Well, through our charter and our mission statement is to help support the arts in, in many ways. So really the big tool for doing that is through the podcast show. Um, right. And again, we don't take a penny. It goes directly to a fund drive paid. We have done that in the past. We promote that here on the segment of the show we do out of Birmingham, Alabama, which is the sci-fi version, the same thing as the podcast the right. version that you do that get other organizations and groups and people that they know to help donate to a certain Pacific project and page. Very good. All right. How about we move on to talk about where we talk art? One, one day you said to yourself, a podcast, we should have a podcast. We don't have a podcast, but we should have a podcast. I'm going <laughs> to do a podcast. So how did this happen? Well, you're, just about on target, actually. I had been doing interviews with several podcasts at the time. And I really did say to the group I was with, I said, you know, we ought to do one of these and we ought to specifically do it to help support and cover the arts. So see, sure. you, were, you were right on target there. And they said, okay, that sounds good. You know, how are we going to do this? So myself and a few others got that plan together. And then we're all sitting around, we're one says, well, who's going to do it? And we just kind of all looked at each other and there was an awkward moment of silence. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, I'll do it. And if it falls flat on its face, then, then you can blame me. You know, you guys don't have to worry about it. You won't be tarnished. It'll, it'll be me. And uh, they were happy with that. <laughs> right. I'm, right. I, I'm behind you. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you all we'll, the way. We'll, yeah, we'll support you, but you do this. You'd be the voice of the show. And of course, we had no idea way back then, starting it, that we would be sitting here today having the 100th show. That's right. Well, let's let's go back in time and talk about show number one, episode number one. You must have been thinking about this for a while, exactly. You know, what you wanted to do. As your host, you needed right. to have someone that had charisma, you know, someone that someone that would make people say, boy, that was a great show, and I'm going to listen to the next episode. So how did it really go? <laughs> well, we wanted to have a show where we were talking about art, so hence the, the name of our show, Where We Talk Art. We went and we searched, and we actually interviewed and talked to a couple people. Now, I mean preliminary interview, not, not the recording of the show. Right. And we talked to other artists. We talked to directors, uh, events. And again, we started this in Florida. That's how I actually met Janet Watermeyer, the executive director there at the visual arts center. And she was on the list. And mm -hmm. then the, the first episode turned out nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> so much for careful planning, so much for careful planning and, and looking at it. The first show is called The Autistic Jedi, and mm -hmm. that show came about from the father of the Autistic Jedi, which is Tori. She was 11 years old, I think, at that time. 
and her father, Chris, contacted the PFTA, and then I ended up talking to him, and he told me what they were doing. And this came about because Tori, being uh, someone with autism, had it was really bad for her at that time. She wasn't talking. She was very closed off. And mm -hmm. they decided to try different kinds of therapy and work with her. And some were working, some weren't working at all. And Chris decided he was just going to start reading to her every night. One of his favorite things, subjects, is Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So he was reading Star Wars to her. And Chris said, I wasn't getting any really kind of response out of it that I hoped it would, but he kept persevering with it and him and his wife, Melissa were, were doing this. And then one day she started talking as Chris was walking down the hallway. He heard her say, may the force be with you. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yes. It says it's incredible. And I went, wow. And he said, yeah. And he said, so out of this, they decided that they were going to try and use this as a way to help promote awareness of autism and her story. And mm. what they decided they were going to do, a very, very ambitious mission, was try and get an R2-D2 unit built that they could remote control and they can use. And they started shopping around and looking and getting prices. And they asked if we were willing to help. And I said, nonprofit. And he said, of course, you know, and I said, then we're in, what do you need? So we started helping raising money. We started making awareness of it. He was speaking, I was speaking and uh, we started raising money for them. And again, this is all pre-show and the first show. And as I got to know them and Tori and, and seeing her come out of that shell, I just said, you know, this is an incredible story. And I asked them if they were willing to come on. And this was going to be the first episode. And Tori was willing to come on and talk for a little bit as, as much as she could uh, on the show. I think it was actually Tori that came up with Autistic Jedi. She's the Autistic Jedi. And the uh, mm said, I love it. And I said, that's going to be the, the title of her first show. And in the process of us getting ready to do this, Chris, the father calls me back and he says, Dave, you know, this is going well. And he said, but you're not going to believe who I just got off the phone with. And it was Matthew Mayhew, which was actor that originally played the original Chewbacca in star Wars. Yes. Actually called him. <laughs> Amazing. And and he tells me that he found out that they were trying to build an R2-D2 unit. And the fact that they were looking for someone to build it, they had gotten in contact, and I don't remember exactly how, but it was one of the original guys that helped build the original R2-D2 unit for the first movie. Mm -hmm. uh, first few movies, I think it is. And through that connection, and his foundation ended up paying the rest of the money so they could build the R2-D2 unit. Wow. Now this is this is the actual replica or like full size actual replica. Yes. yes. And and it was remote controlled. It wasn't somebody sitting inside of it because by this time the technology had gotten so much better they could just do remote control. Right. So he made all the sounds of R2D2 lit up and spun around. And Chris said, What we're going to do is for anyone that donates, we're going to take the little puzzle pieces, which you're familiar with, 
that they use for for autism yeah. awareness and programs. And anybody donates, we're going to have their name on it, and then we're going to stick that puzzle piece on the R two D two unit. And as this progressed, Tori actually got better and better, and she actually started speaking to people. And she would take they would I'm take her. They would take her D2 unit and they would go on tour and they would go to Comic-Cons and to awareness programs for autism. And they would bring R2-D2 and Tori just came really out of this and started talking and engaging with people and really kind of became the uh, the face of that chapter uh, here in Alabama and raised a lot of money and has done a lot of events. In fact... Tori's mother, Melissa, for a while, actually became the official spokesperson for them in Montgomery, the capital of Alabama. That's a wonderful thing. That's an amazing story, Dave. Yeah. And again, once I found out this story and we saw where it was going, I said, Chris, this is this is just going to end up being our first show. <laughs> it was to me, it was I like to say one of those God things. It just, it fell right in place and it was the perfect event. So that is how the first show came about. I like that story. That's going to be a hard story to beat ever. <laughs> I mean, it's a story about, you know, a child with a significant problem. It's a story about someone asking for help and they get help and they get even more help. And, and the child is making progress, steady progress. The mother, she winds up being a representative, you know, for the for the group of people with autism. I mean, it's just it's just an amazing story. Just one thing unfolded into the next. Yeah, it continued from there. I mean, there was so many more success stories, Victor. After that show came out, we gave them permission, of course, to use the show. You know, we we had a little bit a part of of that helping them out but what they did with it was just incredible i mean it is it's just a, it's a wonderful story it is super it's it's really an uplifting story it's so nice to hear yeah well you know this is what the podcast show is for right exactly good going all right do you have a question for me my friend well actually i'm going to victor but at this moment it's actually time for us to take a break so if you'll hold on there, Victor, and everybody else, we'll be back in just a moment. All right. See you soon. <laughs> I got to get more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa Gallucci with the Visual Arts Center. I want to say congratulations on your 100th episode, Dave and Victor, for Where We Talk Art podcast. Okay, everyone, we are back. I am Dave Bice, not the host of this show. And I am talking with Victor Garter, that is the host of this show. And, and Victor, I've got a question for you. All right, don't make it a hard question. Sure. Not too hard. The first show you did, your first show on this, when you took over as host, was 72. Number 72, yes. Yes. Who was it? Dean Mitchell, Dean outstanding. Mitchell. What a colorist. Yes. Yes. 
How did it go for you on that show? Was it good? Did you did you have fun? Um, I you know I I was anxious, you know, before before it started, and we were doing a Zoom interview, and there was a little problem getting the Zoom interview going for some reason. I don't know. Something <laughs> was no problem. I don't know if it was on one of us was on mute or something, and we didn't know it. You know, so you, you, we got through that. It, you know, it, things were okay after this awkward the beginning, but it was uh, one of my favorite. I probably it still is my my favorite interview because Dean is such an interesting person. He's very articulate, and he has this interesting background. So mm-hmm. he, he grew up in Florida, up in the uh, the Panhandle. And he he lived with his grandmother and his mother, and he really wanted to be an artist. But his mom kept on saying, no, no, no. No black man is ever going to make a living selling pictures. Right, because of the times. Yeah. Yes, because of the times. It was hard enough for anybody to make a living selling pictures, but especially for a poor black man, I guess, you know. But his grandmother really saw his talent and she would encourage him, you know, you keep it up, you know, you keep, you keep on doing your art. And then when he was old enough to uh, go to college, he applied for a college up North in, uh, in Northern Florida. He was accepted, but he was shocked at the level of skills that some of these people had people who've had private lessons for years. Ooh, yeah. He never had a private lesson in his life, you know, so he was he was intimidated and he went back home on the bus and he said, Grandma, I'm quitting. And Grandma said, I can't afford you to live here and I can't afford to feed you. You got to get your act together and go back to college and stick with it. And make it <laughs> so work. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he made up his mind that he's he wasn't going to to get pushed aside. So he he got a job so that he could have enough money to uh, you know pay his food bills and whatever. And after work, he'd come home and he would spend a minimum of three hours of painting, not just once or twice a week, but seven days a week, every single day. Yeah, amazing. It, that is amazing. What a commitment that was. What a commitment, absolutely. Yeah. And his skills have got better and better. And he was finding a market for for some of his paintings. But the the most interesting thing was he, he said that by him walking into a gallery with his paintings, you know, he could he could tell like automatically, just just as he walked in the door, that he wasn't welcome in the gallery. Mm. But mm. When he shipped his stuff overseas to enter uh, these international art competitions, yeah, you're kind of like anonymous. You're just a name, right? Right. They don't, you don't know your background. They don't know your socioeconomic status, your race, your gender, anything. You know, just just the person who entered a, a, a picture. Well, he was winning prizes like three thousand dollars, one thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. He said, "This is great." He says, I may not be selling very much, but boy, I'm making money 
entering competitions. And so that really, that really got them even more motivated, you know? Right. So anyway, over time, he finished his, his school. And to this day, he's a self-employed artist. And he's, he sells his pictures for, you know, five figures. Yeah. Wow. Very successful. Wow. Yes. But, but he is just the nicest man. And he was very kind to me at the end of the interview. He said, Victor, you asked me foundational questions on which I could build answers. And I thought, wow, thank you, Dean. I, 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 I could have, I, I could have used that kind of, that kind of feeling of, of self-confidence about 45 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it to me now at the end, but I could have used it getting into this. So, um, so he's such a nice person. I, I haven't talked to him since, um, but I hope to run into him next month at the uh, 2024 Biennial National Art Exhibit. NAE, yes, yes. Yes, I'm sure he's going to submit a picture. And of course, anything he submits is going to be accepted because his work is so exceptional. Right, yeah. And you know, Victor, I remember that interview with him. Dean really had a hard time. I mean, he didn't live in the best of areas when he was going to school because he couldn't afford to. And there was people were breaking into his car all the time and, and everything else. And as he grew, notably, because I think he got newspaper articles written about him or something like that, and, and he started making it into different galleries, and then one particular one came along, liked his work, and decided to promote him that way. And he really, really started gaining success, and it's amazing from where he began to where he is now, and he's a very humble man. He is. Yes, he's his artwork was featured in the Smithsonian magazine a couple of years ago. Um, he has artwork over at the Smithsonian Art Institute, so art museum. So he's, he's just awesome, great, talented man, good family man. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. very happy for his success. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, my my next question was going to be for you, but you already answered that. What what was your favorite show? So I actually got two for one there. <laughs> yeah, I could read your mind. Oh, I wanted to ask you a question. You you and I are volunteers, and you know this this podcast takes a lot of time, a lot of mm-hmm. time on my part, a lot of time on your part, um, and. You know, I know you put some money behind it to get contracts for uh, for the streaming services, et cetera. And I'm wondering, you know, what what do you get out of this, David? Why why do you bother doing this? Well, Victor, I I, I think I do it for the same reason you do it. One, it's a lot of fun to do. Two, you get to meet a lot of interesting people, and you get to share their stories. Uh, mm-hmm. inspiration stories, just like the two examples that we just covered, the stories that come out of it, the people that you meet is incredible. And to be able to share that story was the main reason I stuck with it for so long. And I think you've discovered that over time of doing the show, right? Does it feel the same way for you? Oh, yes. 
I think it's so special to meet somebody, um, even if it's just briefly, and then say, you know, I have this podcast and tell them about why we do it and what we do it and how we do it. And how would you like to be a guest? And they say, yes. And then you set up an appointment and then they come over and you sit down and you start talking one-on-one face-to-face from across the table. They have their microphone. I have my microphone and there's no interruptions whatsoever. Usually just, (laughs) just the two of us. And for 45 minutes or so, we're just, we're just talking in many ways. It's kind of an intimate situation. And at the end of the 45 minutes, it's like, you know, I made a connection with this person. And I think this person made a connection with me. And sometimes, you know, it just turned out to be friends from there on in. Right. The great example of you and I out of the yeah. show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Victor, and I, I'm sure you've seen this as, as I have. I like to think the show makes a difference and helps supporting the arts. I mean, I've seen many examples with the Visual Arts Center there, other people that have come on the show, and it's really opened up avenues and door to them that may have not have been there before. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good thing when you're helping people, uh, especially in the arts, which, of course, is our mission statement. It is our mission. Yes, sir. And I have people who, when they find out I do a podcast, they say, well, how do I listen to a podcast? I I don't even, I'm not even sure I know what a podcast is, people will often say. So what radio you know, station are you on? <laughs> exactly. What radio station on? And what time does it come on? What day does it come on? Okay. For those, for those folks who aren't too sure about it, it's... It's on whenever you want to listen. All you have to do is go to a streaming service. And and once you're there, type in where we talk art. And it will come up and it will show a, a bunch of episodes. A hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, a hundred of them now. Yes. You know, all you have to do is pick, click on one and, and listen. It's that simple. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing we were talking about it as far as that it is it helping the artist and of course you know our commercials aren't paid commercials it's the artists the guests that have have been on the show and we let them record an episode that we play later for them to give them free publicity so you know that's pretty cool yes who doesn't like free free publicity for crying out loud (laughs) some people say any publicity is good publicity, but I don't know if that's true. I'll, I'll stick with the good publicity. <laughs> we thank people who listen. I mean, if, if we don't have listeners, we, there's no show. Right. So right. I, I have to, I have to say thank you so much to people who've been uh, listening on a regular basis and, and people who offer kind comments and encouragement and for the guests themselves who, who are willing to come onto the air. Some of them nervously. Mm-hmm. You can tell. They're a bit nervous when they get there, but we talk. I try to calm them down well before we turn on the microphones and we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, that's always a good thing. Well, Victor. Yes, sir. We have ran out of time for part one of your show. (laughs) (laughs) So how about we wrap up? Because I'm also out of coffee. (laughs) And I will talk with you soon on part two. 
part two. Well, and we have a special guest coming on the show. I know who that is, but we're not going to tell the audience, are we? No, because you have to listen to the show to know. No. <laughs> you have to listen to know. Find out. All right. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Dave, for being here to have this Zoom interview with us. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Dave has done so much to help me out with this podcast. And of course, he's the person who offered me the seat when he was moving away with his wife to Alabama. And uh, they picked me and they said, oh, this poor guy, he doesn't know anything about technology, does he? Well, we'll help him out, get him through this. And so here we are up to episode 100. And so, my friends, until we meet again, be well. Be well. Victor, well done, my friend. Hi, this is Stephen Tacey. Thank you for listening to the 100th episode. Everyone, it's been a great time. Can't thank you enough.